Hey, welcome everybody to podcast number 95. Uh, we're fashionably late, and uh, seems like Dexter's having his uh, normal breakdown. Here we go. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. That happened pretty quick. Hey! <laughs> Jesus. I'm your host, Carrie, finally upstairs, Kreitz. We have Tim T. Swift Wiseman, Dexter Frozen in Time Wiseman, and Daryl No Hat Ever Bradley. Um, we never, thank <laughs> never. Ever. I'm gonna hold up, man. I'm gonna hold up for the team. Right. You, you wore it gonna... once, but you'll never do it again. <laughs> Not now. So, somebody's got to help the team. You know, I'm here for you guys. <laughs> we got to get you a visor. Yes, maybe <laughs> that way. Yeah. It's a hat, and you can still support the flow. Yeah, I feel like Ian Polterish or what? Yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah. You're at that age where it becomes acceptable, right? You know, almost into your seniors. Are you saying that? Uh, visors are only acceptable for old people. I want to know yeah. if they, are yeah, visors acceptable all throughout. Yeah, yeah. Is my mom wears it. My mom it's... wears it. She won't wear a hat, but she'll wear a visor. Have you ever seen the Instagram entitled Housewife? <laughs> no. no. Uh, is, is that Tim? <laughs> if you want to go, to... <laughs> Tim, the entitled housewife. I like it. Yeah. No, but the Instagram entitled Housewife is uh, hilarious, and she wears a visor, and it's pretty. It's pretty funny. Like tweet, tweet, moderate, that's a pretty. Right, it's pretty funny. <laughs> if we if we come out with uh, five pin U visors, we got to come out with five pin U fanny packs too, though. Yes, I feel. Like... I think Tim would definitely rock five pin U fanny pack for sure. Mm, guaranteed. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You can carry around all the snacks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Miles get me a sleeveless shirt and rock with my dad bod. I mean, that's perfect. Gary, Gary, though, welcome upstairs, man. How, like this is a big oh, yeah. moment for you. How this like? You. Yeah, no jerseys in the background. What's going on here? I know. I, I'm dis- disappointing the 90 straight episodes of uh, jerseys yeah. in the background that really nobody gets the context to. But uh, yeah, upstairs finally. I uh, got a little bit of sunlight shining in. <laughs> is that the Harry Potter collection behind you? Is that what I see on your back shelf? Is that what's there? No, that is. I do not own a Harry Potter book. <laughs> <laughs> you you look like you would love Hogwarts. I'm confused. You shut your trap. Let's <laughs> uh, so... What what series of books is Carrie reading behind you? <laughs> I th- those are Julie's for sure. I no, guarantee you. they are mine. Oh wow! No. Oh no! Oh, loser! Oh, I, why? Because he reads? Yeah. <laughs> wow! I, I look. I, I look. I look. I look at picture books. You just singled out like you singled out like six point five billion of the seven billion people in the world. Nice. Hey, you guys singled me. You guys singled me out on fanny packs. It's, it's only fair, man. Uh. Hey, well, singling out people, I mean, uh, let, let's have a shout-out for those people that picked out the right uh, master winner last weekend. Yeah, shout-out to... Which was no one. No one. Not a single person. <laughs> yeah. Nobody picked uh, You know, I, I do have to say that I was watching it on Sunday, and Cindy did say, if I knew that, that he was playing, I would have chosen my fellow Asian in order to win. I would have picked him, and... And I said, Cindy, you didn't even know that he played. Like, I don't, you didn't even know that was happening. Um, hey, somebody should have guessed him, though. He's been close a few times. He's yeah. been there 
a dozen times, I think it's been now. Like Yeah, yeah he, he, he was, was low he, amateur the first year he played there too, right? 2010 or 11 or something like that. He He's really solid though. Yeah. Tell, uh, cutting it pretty close there at the end kind of fell a few strokes getting close to uh, Adam Sandler's well, caddy there. Yeah, and it's Xander <laughs> on 16. Yeah, exactly. And 16, Xander. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that shot from Shifley, yeah. But then, yeah, and then his shot into uh, his shot into the the sand going into on eighteen there, just made it a little bit interesting. But that's good. We need some drama, right? We need some drama. I bet a bowling related comparison to who Will Zalatoris might be like. Ooh, okay. Um, Tyson Nelson. Oh, played in the TPC finals just recently. Disagree. <laughs> Dexter? No. 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 no Jordan Shoes. <laughs> you know what? Uh-uh. There you go. Little, little, little mannerisms. I'll, I'll tell you. Yeah. There you go. There's my guess. For my, it's, a, uh, my it's a tiger, people. <laughs> uh, is is yeah. that Hobbs, though? Is that Hobbs? It, it should be. Yeah. I don't believe it is, but uh, <laughs> they got off the rails early here. Uh, yeah, yeah still no hats, no. and uh, that's his nickname. Yeah, welcome to the show, Adam. <laughs> just, I feel, I feel we always, like we're gonna have a, a throwdown. Yeah, Canon, we always start at seven o'clock, Trump, every week. Welcome to the show, bud. <laughs> uh so manitoba is obviously running their drop-in covid event and Derek oren threw a 418 what was his triple though was it any yeah, good that's an excellent question well the let tour, us know brett tell us yeah, brett. the tour did bring out Derek oren has big highs and lows last week too right so mm-hmm. hopefully hopefully broke 900 yeah, so there, there's an interesting topic. WCBT posted that uh, after our discussion last week, what lowest people came back to make the cuts. Um, there was um, a 155, I think, came back. And then, uh, obviously, uh, Taylor Michelle's big one was 166 Huge. to, I think he qualified sixth overall. Yeah, with yeah. shooting like 2350. Yeah. It just yeah. goes to show you any score is recoverable. It's just how well you play after. Or if that's the way you finish, that's not so bad. But Yeah. <laughs> you can only have the one you know, game that low. And I also noticed from that list, there wasn't anything that was 120s or 130s. I mean, that's getting really bad and really low. You probably shouldn't be playing if you're shooting a 120, but... You know, yeah, a 155, a 165, every tournament seems to be as re- one person will recover from it. Yeah. Yep. So. Well, that's one thing to look at, too, is even if you punch punch a bunch or uh, leave a lot of splits, you should get the 150. Like, pick up, your, pick up your wood, stuff like that, right? 150 is without a mark. So um, yeah. if you can't get the 150, that might not be the tournament for you. Yeah, and and if you are punching lots in the start of that tournament, and it is the start of the tournament, don't get frustrated. Use that time to figure something out and learn, and then move on. Awesome. Well, uh, good discussion. So we 
are giving away another all-star prize for our weekly sponsor. And um, here's something that uh, Five Pin Universe is going to throw in since we didn't give away anything last week, since you guys are horrible pickers of winners. Um, we are going to give away something for uh, if you sat as a chair on a tournament. It doesn't matter what type of tournament or what age group or anything like that. If you sat on a chair for or sat on the board for a tournament... Please put the tournament name in the chat with your name, and we'll add you to a list, and we'll do a draw from Five Pin Universe. <clears throat> yeah, so yeah, if you were the chairperson for a provincial event or a chairperson for a national event, you know, IP, U Challenge, Masters, um, you know, even if it was the family twosome way back in 1984 or something, who knows? But, yeah, if you were a chairperson for any tournament, Five Pin Bowling Tournament, Put your name in the comments, at, well, not your name, just comment what um, event it was, and that will be entered into the draw for tonight. So that's sort of an honor tonight of our guest coming up, and uh, we'll talk, have some good chat about some of the events that uh, he's, he's hosted. Can it be a COVID event, Daryl? Sure. Python Bowling COVID event. Sounds good to me. Um, once again, you can become a sponsor of ours for the podcast through our Patreon at patreon.com slash 5pinuniverse. Um, everybody on there can be as little as $2 a month and help support us do this podcast every week and um, gives you some discount codes towards our merchandise at um, store.5pinuniverse.ca and you might get some early access to some of our content. We're going to start ramping up... Uh, some new content coming up here in the near future. So um, without further ado, we have our sponsor of the week, All-Star Bowling Sales. Um, and we'll run the commercial and we'll bring our special guest of the week. Oh, I did it again. All right. So our special guest of the week hails from a little island on the East Coast, almost as far as away as you can get from Alberta. From Prince Edward Island, Mr. Alan Clark. Good evening, everyone. Hey, buddy. Hey, welcome aboard. Thanks. The lag like isn't too bad all the way from out east. <laughs> yeah. Two months ago, it wouldn't happen. That was on dial up almost. <laughs> you know what? Guaranteed, it's still better than carries. Yeah. Oh, hey, mine's holding pretty solid together here, too. Yeah. But I'm very proud of you. Yeah. <laughs> very proud of you. Um, Len and Seth, I'm really uh, disappointed that your tournament didn't go off. Your your World Bowling Championships with 78 shifts sounds like that would have been a fantastic tournament. <laughs> yeah. Alan, did you like our uh, competition for tonight? Our little giveaway? What that's the garden? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was thinking I know a few people that should be entering that. Yeah, a few people. Yeah. That's an honor of you. And we've, uh, all of us have hosted tournaments over the years. Yeah, uh, you know, should should see some some good things out there. We want to see more. I mean, I appreciate the smaller events, but let's let's be real. Any any big events that you put on for the, you know, C five or the Masters or big cash tournament, let's see some of those bigger ones and recognize some of those people that put the work in. Yeah, there's a lot of work involved for sure. See this there, Alan. Cool. Who's is that? that? <laughs> It was, uh, it's trays. You gave it to Mark Johnstone to, to, for something. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And uh, so he brought it into the office today and he said, oh, I do have something of, of Al's. And so he brought me this. I'm like, well, give it to me. I'll put it on tonight for the, for the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't fitting. No, it's, yeah. It's a, it's yeah. a feed lady. Ladies large. And let's just say it was pretty form fitting. So yeah. It didn't be <laughs> behind me for tonight. So. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to throw mine on and I thought, nah, better not. Mine might be getting a little tight too. <laughs> I was gonna ask for the same reason. <laughs> COVID hasn't been friendly to anybody. Yeah. No. <laughs> how's that? Uh, excuse here. Yeah. How's how's life been out there for you guys with everything going on? Uh, considerably better than the rest of the country. Uh, we've been pretty fortunate. Um, yeah, I think right now we've got maybe six cases. Yeah. And I mean, no, no hospitalizations throughout the whole thing, uh, no deaths. So yeah, very fortunate. That's really good to hear. Yeah. Well, what are what are restrictions like out there for you guys? Um, it's pretty good. Like uh, for sporting events, fifty people. Um, immediate. Uh, like if you're doing something in your household, it's uh, I believe ten members inside, twenty outside. Um, yeah there's it's it's certainly relaxed compared to the rest of the country uh, that that feels like a throwback to like when we reopened last summer it's almost exactly what our restrictions were back then and yeah 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 and i mean it, as far as centers here it varies by the center like some want you to use every second lane others are fine as long as your capacity is under 50 people how Fair many bullets are in pei now uh Let's see, we've got five, yeah, five. Um, the sixth one is pretty much just, a, it's a six-lane center, and they're, they're only using it for Special Olympics. I don't know if, uh, yeah. yeah, what the issue is. Um, Charlton has 14 lanes, Summerside eight, Rustico six, and then another six at the western end of the island, Alberton, and I believe it's six lanes in Tignish. Yeah. So, yeah, not a lot of lanes, but, yeah. We we mostly use four out of the six centers. Mm -hmm. hmm. Rest to go in Summerside for sure. Yeah, yeah in Charlottetown, in Alberton. Alan, yeah, yeah. don't don't you have one in a, uh, in a church? The one in uh, Tignish is right behind the church. Yeah. It's it's a church-owned property, but it's in the building behind the church. Yeah. So you so you guys use that one as well? They use it for the YBC program. Okay. Yeah. I, I guess there's a couple of evening leagues in there as, as well, and and I've been up there and talked to them, but it's you know because they're a hundred miles away. Um, it's a little harder to get them involved. I mean, we, we actively go up to Alberton and participate in events up there when they are open. Unfortunately, they didn't open this year. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard to get them involved in the Fipin Association just because of the distance. Uh, we've had some participation, but I'd like to see more. What what is what is travel like out there between centers? Like, if you're, what's the furthest you'd have to travel between centers to participate? Um, well, we've got likely got people that are traveling upwards of 50 miles to participate in a, in a weekly league. 
most people are likely within 25 miles of their center. Okay. Yeah. Here in Alberta, we measure everything by time. So what does that time wise? <laughs> um, or kilometers. Miles on a wild, on or be, a or wind, say winding an, road. An hour one way. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And that's, that's like very few people. Most of them are within like a 20 minute drive, 20 to 30 minute drive to a center. We do a league in uh, Rustico and it was to try and get the competitive bowlers bowling together at a Summerside in Charlottetown. It was an hour drive for us to go to Summerside or them to come to, to us. And uh, we talked to Rustico and Friday night was available, available there where it wasn't available to um, the Rust or the Charlottetown Center. I'm not sure if it was available in Summerside or not, but it was central to both groups, and it's worked out really well. Like a lot of, a lot of the bowlers, like even the YBC bowlers that are going away to Youth Challenge and YBC events, they bowl with us. Um, yeah, so it's it's worked out well. It's a nice so, league. So it's set up like a a province-wide super league kind of idea. More or less, yeah. yeah. Hmm. That's cool. And we got That's great really participation. Good. It's a six-lane center, and uh, we limit it to 30 bowlers just so that we can be out of there at a reasonable hour. Yeah, it's still for team. It's still a lot of bowlers. Yeah, and it's a singles. Like, it's a scratch scratch league, but it's, it's singles. You're playing head-to-head against your bowler. So I think throughout the course of the, of the season, you'll play each of the 29 other participants three times. And it's a cash league. We're just we're actually going to wrap up in about two more weeks. But yeah, it, it's crazy to hear a league running and wrapping itself up. <laughs> yeah. Can we live, can we live yeah. stream the finals or something? Like we're not. Yeah, totally. I would love to, but some um, unfortunately, Rustico, yeah, unfortunately, Rustico, their data sucks. Oh. Yeah. I was going to say, I know a web developer that might be helpful, helpful yeah, but I mean. Yeah, yeah. We, we ran the provincials. We live streamed the finals of provincials uh, at, the, at the center in Charlottetown. And surprisingly, it was a, it was a decent feed. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. Like we tried to run it there for the IP and it was just horrible. And I think what the problem was, was everybody was on the, uh, on the network and it was just crapping it out. Totally. Who are some of those bowlers playing in that league, um, Alan? Some of the high-end bowlers. Oh my! Um, well, John Walsh is there. Um, Albert Shepard. So let's see, Justin McRae, uh, Trevor Main, myself. On the girls' side, we've got uh, Valerie Kneebone, Veronica Collicut, uh, Sherry Wedge. She's coming out of the YBC program. Amazing bowler. Uh, Amy Spence, she just finished her last YBC round on the weekend, and I think it was her provincial event. She threw a 384. Um, yeah, that's a. I know I left a bunch of people out, but yeah. Does uh, Does Albert's brother James? Does James Bowles there as well? Yeah. That guy. That guy has always made me laugh. When I when I first met him, you know, he told me that he he was he was the better looking brother, and like. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, uh, from that moment on, we became like great friends because I say the same thing. <laughs> Jesus. But uh, yeah, no, they're, that's a that's an awesome family. They're they're super funny people. Um, do you find how long has that league been going on for you guys? 
Uh, this is our third year, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find that that's like really been a big help to the community out there? Because I imagine that that means a you guys are competitive all the time, which has got to only improve you guys, right? And then b when you guys go to tournaments and stuff, the camaraderie's got to be there because you guys are just so comfortable with each other too, right? Or yeah, I, with each other. I think for the yeah. most part it's there anyway. Like we're a, a pretty tight group. Um, like if there's something going on in Summerside, there's all kinds of support out of Charlottetown and vice versa. Um, you know, as far as uh, Alberton is concerned, I mean, the vast majority of us know each other just through all the events that we mm-hmm. host. So yeah, as far as going away, I mean, it's it's very rare that there'll be any you know squabbles or not knowing people and not knowing what to expect. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's a great a great bunch. That's awesome. But you bring up a good point, Dexter, is that. You know, a small community like that, having competitive on a weekly basis, you really get the practice of playing outside of that community then competitive because you're always, you know, getting better and better and better because you're playing, you know, in match play format. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. You know, it's nice it, to have that. I, I it's, it's worked best, I think, for the, the young ones that are, that are in the program, like, or in that league. Like, it's just phenomenal to watch these, these kids coming up, you know. I just wish there was more of them. Yeah. I also think that it would be super neat to play in a league like that in a little six-lane center. I don't know. I just I think that would be super fun. I like the fact that all your centers are like little small centers. It just, to me, it just feels so cozy and homey. And like, you know, it just, I think the environment would be just fantastic all the time. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's a family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Friday it's night, I'm sure you've done a few pops together too. I mean, it's and you're five bowlers per lane, so you got ten minutes before you're throwing a ball again. You got time to throw beer in there, don't you? Yeah, there's a few that uh, partake. I, not a great deal. I mean, and, and mostly likely due to the fact that there's a bunch of kids bowling with us as well. Sure. That's right. And, yep. and you've got a thirty mile or thirty minute yep. drive home or forty minutes back home. Right. Yeah. It's not like it was years ago when I first started bowling in the leagues, like the Murphy's Community Center in Charlotte was where I started. And uh, the bar was frequented a lot more often there, but you were in Charlottetown and, you know, people were only minutes away from home. And Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So where did bowling start for you, you know, Back a couple of years ago, um, when did you start bowling? You know, early on, I know you've given us the bio. Maybe you took a bit of a break in there, but that was yeah, about when you were, yeah. I, I did a couple of years of YBC in Hamilton, um, but in Charlottetown, yeah, my family was like the kids were pretty well all grown up by the time I get back into it. Uh, it's likely about I'd have to guess about fifteen years now that I've been back into it. Um, Albert Shepard was a neighbor of mine, and he often popped in, and you know he was selling tickets. I think for a ride on the first time he mentioned bowling to me, and it's like, yeah, I might be interested in doing something like that. And anyway, we talked, and there uh, there was an opening on a Sunday night league. I joined that, and yeah, basically hooked back in, <laughs> and uh, within two weeks I was signed up into a second league which was a, a cash <laughs> league and that was their, their more competitive league at that time 
And unfortunately, within a few years, you know, numbers just declined and, and mostly because of older bowlers just getting away from it. And yeah, didn't feel like could be as competitive, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Or, or were too sore after the night was over. Fair enough. So you had done a couple years of YBC. And did it, I think you also said that uh, you had bowled a couple of years when you went to PEI and then took break a break after you had kids? or uh, did one year in high school. And I, it was likely grade 11. And, yeah, I, I never really get in. I mean, I played the season. Um, couldn't tell you how well I bowled. Uh, <laughs> likely not well enough that it kept me there. But there was a lot of other stuff going on, too, when you're in high okay. school and you know, if you'd grown up with it and, and, you know, come right through the YBC program, I think it would have been a different story. But it's like anything else. Once you get away from it, it's hard to get back to it. Totally. Yeah, that's my big concern with COVID now is, you know, we've, although our doors are open and, you know, leagues are running, we've lost, you know, likely 20% of our bowlers. And I'm concerned that, you know, once they're away from it, it's going to be hard to get back. Yeah, especially as somebody who spent so much time building the community and building, you know, membership and stuff out there, um, I can absolutely understand your concern, for sure. Yeah, um, I do want to say though the fact that you decided to become more involved and you know really start to take the game seriously at whatever age that happened to be it was much later than most people ever do, right? Um, it's pretty remarkable what you've done and how uh, how successful you've been and, you know, how much you've grown in the game and um, the amount of effort and work that you've put into the game outside of that, um, starting so late, that's really remarkable and appreciated for sure. Yeah, it's, uh, it's certainly a team effort. I mean, I certainly wouldn't take credit for where we're at right now. There's there's certainly other people involved in it. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what really got me to the point where I, I wanted to get involved. Um, I had a cousin passed away a number of years ago, 38 years old, of a heart attack. And a buddy of mine suggested that uh, we, we do a, a fundraising tournament, an annual memorial tournament. And once I started doing that for a few years, like I, I enjoyed the work and I enjoyed um, the end result that we were able to raise, I think it was somewhere in the vicinity of 40,000 bucks for different charities across the island. Wow. And the last few years of it, um, we started using that money to offset the uh, PEI five pin contribution to Special Olympics through C5. And then that sort of started the ball rolling. Um, Valerie approached me about, uh, you know, that she thought I'd be a good fit for president. Um, Nino had uh, had or was in the process of uh, moving to Nova Scotia. So we were in need of somebody. And I mean, by that time, I had been bowling for a few years. I'd gone away to a couple of national events. And uh, yeah, I didn't want to see that end. So, yeah, I I followed her suggestion and uh, yeah, been out it since. And and then some, and then some. Um, 
Yeah, so your uh, your first C5 event was actually, we were talking about co-chairing and chairing things, was uh, an event Daryl was chairing in Edmonton, the IP in 2011. Okay, uh, yeah. yeah, so uh, how was your first, I, I guess, experience at uh, <laughs> partici- participating at, uh, at at your own nationals? Or yeah, your first nationals, I, yeah. Uh, my very first game, I went over the foul line twice <laughs> and lost by the 13 pins. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, after after I slid over the second time, I went up to the line, turned around, and did my approach the other way and figured out where, where I should be starting. I don't know if the approaches were shorter out there or what, but, yeah. It was, it's it's St. Albert. It was sticky. It was sticky. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, was, I wasn't sticking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> about six inches over the line. Yeah. But, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um yeah, it's and then you know within a couple of years after that, somebody got the bright idea that maybe we could host one. I shouldn't say somebody. Nina and Valerie decided that uh, we should host one. Yeah. Well, I think that was the perfect tournament, probably too, for PEI uh, because I mean the number of players coming from each province isn't as much. Um, you know, and, and such a fun you know tournament that IP was. Right. Yeah, yeah, we had a blast. I mean, we yeah, we've got between Summerside and Charlottetown, we had enough lanes to accommodate it. Yeah, um, the IP is an absolutely awesome event. My my first IP, I coached IP two nationals in twenty ten, and it was pro- like I mean, I've been to a fair amount of C five Open nationals and YBC nationals, Masters nationals, and that IP nationals was probably the most fun nationals I had. Without question, and honestly, a lot, a large part of that came down to James and Nina and Val. Um, we had some really interesting times on the lanes. I, that was that was the one nationals where we it, it started with our team because we were doing this in our Sunday match play league, where every strike in a row you would have to do something different. So for us, I think it started at like four in a row, and you had to like do the T-bow on the lanes. And then you had for six in a row, you had to plank across the ball return and stuff like that. Well, we ended up starting to do that at nationals for, for in 2010, and and it was definitely PEI that was heavily involved with that. But the entire tournament, we just ended up having like stupid things that you had to do for strikes in a row, and the whole tournament just turned into a giant shit show. And it was so funny. Like it was probably the most enjoyable thing I've had at any event ever. So, um, yeah, that's when we became friends with Val and. And James and it was a uh, it was a great time. Yeah, they're a lot of fun. <laughs> totally different environment from any other national. Yeah, for sure. We I coached uh, I coached a team too prior to me hosting. I'm pretty sure, and uh, ended up you know a couple of newbies playing out of Shore Park, and then some veterans playing, and went down to Hamilton for provincials because I never really did anything with the the IP before, but they needed a coach, and I was like ah, I was on the board, start getting involved a little bit more, and my name into coach and sure enough selected and here we are off the nationals we end up winning nationals you know and here's a gold medal for the ip nationals like and it's so different because it's averages and it's you know poa but it's not just the first two you have to add them all up before so the calculation the math that was going on was was quite extraordinary and the level of bowlers in all fairness they're not your elite 250 average bowlers your your 144s or 176s and maybe an outlier at 212, but 
uh, the the lineup matching was so unique of, of trying to you know play that because you play a you know one thirty five or one forty average versus the two forty. Um, yeah. Super unique tournament. Yeah, yeah. No, they're a lot of fun. I, I was, I think my, I'm pretty sure it was today on a on a memory that showed up on Facebook ten years ago today. We we're sitting in an airport in Montreal, heading to Edmonton. Nice. Yeah, that was Amazing. a fun event and hosting that. You know, we talked about the chair and um, you know the hotel we had. I think we did the jersey night on the first night we were there. We picked everybody up at the airport too. Um, you know, then, you know, bust them out to St. Albert the whole, the whole weekend and the party afterwards, um, you know, got shut down early from, or we had a bit, a really good party afterwards, but then I opened up the hospitality suite and we stayed in there until six o'clock in the morning. And I remember Sheila Carr, we gave her the room like right next door. And that was like, we were there, we, we shut it down right down to the end. It was, uh, and then. And then goodbye, everybody. See you later. And everybody, the typical got to go home on the Sunday after nationals at 7 a.m., right? <laughs> Pack your stuff. Yeah. Saturday evening, we approached one of the bus drivers out there, and we all threw in five bucks. She took us out to the West Edmonton Mall and a bunch of us. Yeah, we had that. Friday yeah. night, we did West Ed. That's right. Yeah. 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 We get thrown out of a couple of stores in there. Long story. <laughs> we, we've got uh, we've got two hours. Hour, hour, no, hour. no, let's, no. Uh, let's... <laughs> watching this. <laughs> I remember something about James too going to a restaurant and it was his birthday. And I remember, didn't they bring him cake or something? I don't know. I, there's something yeah. more going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. didn't hear that one. Well, uh, anyways, that was a good event. Yeah. How did you started the IP? I think the, the the most fun I've ever had at an event is we were able to it was a, yeah, it was the same same year as the last IP we hosted, twenty seventeen. Uh within a week of hosting that one, we hosted the uh National Special Olympics event. Right. That was a riot. Yeah, I've never had so much fun at a tournament, like organizing anything, like kids from rated well, kids and adults from one end of the country to the other. But yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, I just ran into our special, I, should I call her this, our special Olympics director here yeah. in Shrey Park for um, for bowling. I ran into her at Walmart, and honestly, uh, she's an amazing person. But um, that's one of the hardest parts of COVID is not getting to see all those guys every week because there's so much fun, and it's just they just have like full grasp on life and just enjoy every second of it. And there's so many things that we're missing out on, but she was lucky enough to go to a nationals too. And was that a PI as well? It was, was PI. Yeah. 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 Laura was there. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, one of the girls on that team, I found it a month after the event was over, was a good friend of uh, my cousin's young fellow who lives out there <laughs> in a small world. Crazy. Yeah. yeah, so it was an absolutely fantastic experience, and I, I couldn't even imagine. I bet you it's just an absolute blast. Yeah, just everybody just having so much fun. Yeah, it was a laugh from the time the day started until it was over. Yeah, Alan, there was no dress code infractions or anything, was there? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're a little more well organized than some of us. <laughs> True story. That was pretty funny. Uh, we're going to get to that segment here. Let's talk about your C5 experience at the meeting there. 
you had said in your bio, you sat on a C5 meeting and you were a little bit shy and didn't say a whole lot. But after about 90 minutes of conversation about dress code infections, you finally yeah. realized, okay, people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was yeah at least 90 minutes <laughs> and yeah, trying to figure out fines and first fine, second fine and third fine. And I just thought, oh my God, we're here like an hour and a half talking about this and uh, put a motion on the floor to keep the fines all the same. And discussion was over in about five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Save yourself a bit of time if you piped up there, bud, hey? <laughs> yeah. So let's funny. hear let's hear some comments. Anybody worst dress code infractions that you've ever had to endure? There we go. And also uh, remember, we're doing the draw for later. If you've ever chaired a tournament, whether it was a youth challenge, a IP, a national event, uh, you know, a cash event, any tournament, make sure you put your name in uh, for that draw coming up. So if you've ever chaired an event. Event was it? Gotcha. Um, so, have you competed in other IP events since those? I know, obviously, twenty eleven. Did you um, play in all the? I've entered a few times on the island, uh, mostly as an executive with no intentions of going away, just to to get another team on the lanes. Uh, I did try it last year, and it was a shit show. Um, yeah. I just, yeah, it, and it, well, no, actually, it was this year, and this year has been like horrible right from the first game. Like, I just, I don't know, not into it. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it's it's starting to come around, but yeah, by the time our provincial IP ran, and it, it was a cash tournament as well, just to entice more people to bowl because we were pretty sure that the IP wasn't going to be held nationally. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't seem to do well in team events, so I tend to shy away from them. Oh, that's fair. And I, and I think it's, you know, just I put too much pressure on myself and, you know, am I letting the team down type of thing? And yeah, it just doesn't work well for me. I, I tend to do better bowling singles but there, there's only one way to get better at that and that's just exposing <laughs> yourself to it right well yeah yeah exactly but yeah. i mean you you seem to do just fine at open nationals a couple of years ago 2019 yeah, no, you looked really solid yeah no i've been i've been doing half decent at the nationals and you know i i think a big part of it as well as far as the ip is concerned is I was never in the position that I could do both of them, and I'd prefer to do the Nationals over the IP. Yep. You know? The open, yeah. Sure. Too much stuff on the go. And so, yeah, up until this year, and maybe that's why I tried out this year. I knew I wasn't going anywhere. It was a money event type of thing. Yeah. Uh, prior to that, I would have just signed up for a team that was just there for bodies. That's what... Um... The open note you started playing in that, and now you've played in the last eight or nine. What's the qualifying process in DEI for making the open team? Basically, we're one zone, um, so yeah, we do two rounds of ten games, or that's what we have been doing this year. We went to two rounds of eight, and then a step ladder with your top four bowlers or five, five. <laughs> yeah, the top and five, they, and then they make the men team. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. 
your your high bowler after the uh, your top six your top seven bowlers. Well, I guess it's your top ten. You've got your men's team, your mixed team, and then your singles. Singles is determined by the step ladder, and then your next six bowlers are your men's team, and then your mixed, and the same thing on the women's side. So what's the team breakdown that you've played? Have they played mixed and men's? Um, I have always been on the men's team. Um, one year, the first year, actually, I tried out. Um, I ended up breaking my ankle after the first round and mm. bowled the second round two weeks later with crutches and a cast on my left leg. I, I actually <laughs> recently saw a picture of that. Yeah. <laughs> I managed to get 18 or 19 games in before I, I just gave up. And uh, Albert McDonald had made the team. And Albert, like once by the time St. John's rolled around, he said, no, you're going. Um, you know, you, other than the leg, you, you would have qualified. And. So, yeah, it was pretty nice of Albert to uh, let me go in his place. So, because of him dropping out and the way it played out, I, I didn't go into the mixed team. I went straight up to the men's team. Uh, he must have been the, the seventh baller. Uh, outside of that, it's been the men's team every year. I qualified for the mixed team this year, but we weren't going anywhere. Again, it was a, a bad year. You you guys you guys gave out nice towels I think or something like that I saw for anybody who made a team um, face masks and <laughs> what else did we do we, we actually had a banquet this year it's the first year we've ever done a banquet well since I've been involved the first year we did a a banquet and yeah medals uh, we gave bowling balls away to the men's and ladies singles um, so how many players would play in the PEI provincials. Uh, on average, well, the last couple of years, anyway, 30, 33 to 35 in that range, and maybe 60-40 split men and ladies. Now, there's no zone round either, right? No, no. Yeah, so there one used time to be, yeah there, there, there was a number of years ago, but it was prior to my joining the five pin association there there just wasn't enough interest and i think the first couple of years i tried it like they only sent the men's and ladies team and the singles there was no mix or no it was the the mixed team and the men's team and the singles and it's only in the last uh four years we've had the numbers that uh we were able to send a ladies team so i actually that's a good segue though i i guess a little bit uh, alan um Oh, I guess you and your group have done a really good job of building up the PEI five pin out there, uh, Nina, and then pass it along to you, and it's just exponentially growing. Um, the one thing I did come back from the first C5 meeting, I was like, man, PEI has their ducks in a row. They really know what they're doing. They're innovative, and they have a bunch of things that, that we can take back to the Western provinces. But um, it, what... I guess what changed, I guess, from, from the low numbers to the high numbers to your involvement, uh, like the, just the overall involvement back in the sport, uh, for all your events and, and just in general, I know the one big thing we really probably want to touch base on is your membership increase and how your card has benefits to it. 
maybe yeah. you can touch base on that. So yeah, when when I first started in the association, it I mean it had gotten to the point where the only people that were signing up for memberships were those that had intentions of participating in provincial events and or national events. So the numbers were really low. Um, and I talked to quite a few bowlers in different leagues. I mean, I bowled in a couple and then participated in a few events. And the comment I heard more often than not was what's in it for me. You know, I don't go to national events, uh, don't participate in provincial events. I'm just down here for my league play. Uh, so I gave that some thought and, I, and come up with the idea that when the card used to, when it first came out, and I think it was on the card itself, the C5 card, was there was some sort of discount through an insurance company, which no longer existed. And there was something else on there. I can't remember what it was right now. But anyway, I thought, well, why not approach local businesses and see if they'd be willing to offer discounts to um, our membership? And I think at that time, our membership was likely 40 or 50 bowlers. Well, if you went to a business and say, I got 40 or 50 people that are, you know, that we can bring into your business potentially, you're going to offer us a discount. Can you offer us a discount? So I went in and exaggerated our numbers, basically told them how many bowlers there were on PEI and this is how many people I can potentially bring to your business. And I, I told them like five or 600 people, you know, that, or actually, no, I told them at that time it was 300 people that we could, those were the, our membership numbers and they were all for it. Yeah, we'll give you, you know, 10% off, 20% off or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And before long, there was a list of maybe 15 or so businesses that were offering discounts. And then when we we printed that out, uh, gave every bowler in every league uh, a copy of these discounts that were available. And one of them was through the um, Murphy's Community Center, who owned the bowling, bowling alley. He also owns a chain of pharmacies on the island. And what they offered us was a cash, the cash equivalent of, or the points equivalent of so many dollars. And, and that basically, the first time they went into one of these pharmacies, it covered the cost of the card that we were selling them. So it wasn't costing them anything. And we went from this 300 that I anticipated to signing up every league across the island. And uh, in wow. doing that, we now qualified for provincial funding as a sport association so we drove the numbers up now we're getting money from the province because you know we've got numbers to justify it that that's incredible and honestly i think having that conversation is huge because uh, even even though like you guys were only getting 50 members i mean realistically all the other provinces are in the same boat it's just that um, they just have a larger a base to begin with, but it's the same answers. It's it's only the people that are looking at playing, you know, IP or the Open that are getting getting these cards. Unless you're in a center like you know Sherwood Park, where we we purchase the cards for everybody so that we could show membership numbers. Um, there was one other center in Calgary that was the same. I don't know if they still are, but uh, in yeah. Chinook, but um, no Mount, Mountain View. Yeah. Oh, Mountain View now, yeah. 
Yeah. But I mean, outside of that, yeah, it's only the people that are that are participating in it. So this is a program that I think nationally should be something that every province should try to do because yeah. no province is trying to do that right now. And whether that's C five, you know, Bull Canada, Bull Alberta, Bull whatever, uh, Masters, no one's trying to do that. Well, WCBT tried to do it once, and it it kind of we kind of let that slide a little. But I absolutely think that that's um yeah, a very valuable lesson. I tried to do it at the C5 level uh, without permission. <laughs> so I called, I called up some major corporations <laughs> and, and approached them. And I had some interest as well. And, you know, I, I took this back to uh, the C5 meeting. This might have been my first year or second year in the C5. And uh, when I brought it up, <laughs> I thought Sheila was going to have a stroke. Who are you to be called? <laughs> that is allowed right there's obviously there's nothing well, wrong no, because I, going I and getting provincial partners or, or whatnot there's nothing wrong with alberta adding to value to the card is there i mean or oh no no not provincially but i was speaking on behalf of c5 right. when it shouldn't yeah. have been and uh yeah so you know i, I maybe not now is the time and the place, but has that conversation come up? Does C5 have a plan to do that? Do any of these larger corporations, you know, yeah. we, is that a plan? Is that a strategy? I mean, how do we, yeah. how do we build on that? It's a, it's a brilliant idea. And you obviously had clearly had traction on it, you know, in your, in your community, why not elsewhere? Yeah, I started the process of, uh, well, created, created a, um, a sponsorship package for the c5 and we had basically things to roll by this time i had been given permission to approach these businesses <laughs> and uh started that process and then COVID hits and you know you're you're not going to approach uh you know air canada for sponsorship when their planes are sitting on the ground or you know other companies that you know are going through what they're going through right now yeah. So yeah, that's I, I. The intent is there, and I think it will be pursued. Uh, it's just a matter of you know waiting for the economy to take a bit of a mm -hmm. you know. Turn you, I, I, you know, part of my time way back on the board of the C five meetings was around that sponsorship as well, and, and any of the things we've done through WCBC. You know, I love the conversation that's happening around sponsorship and adding value for membership for yes. that, and that's a great way of doing that. So. I'd like to pursue that further on who you're, who's taking that over on the C5 or, or what the game plan for rolling that is, rolling that out, and who they're targeting and who they're going to do. Because it's, it's definitely a program that should be looked at further. Yeah, yeah. great. Yeah. I, I definitely think Alan's the, the prime example of what, what to look for in that, right? I mean, um, I don't think there's any other province out there that does that. I know... The insurance company was AIL, I believe, AIL. And then there was an issue with AIL because even though we canceled them, they were not supposed to call members and they were calling members and, and they're harassing people. And it was, it was, so that's why it was kind of uh, stop, stop gap. Um, but there, there's, there's things on Alberta we can definitely look for and, and work for out in Alberta where we can. Um, it's got to find the right pro people on the right 
and you got to get the people to support it too, right? Um, you yeah. can get all the sponsors out there. It's just a matter of them seeing their dividends back as the business, right? So, yeah. is it a sponsor or is it adding discount? Immediately, if you're just adding a, a 10% discount, which is sure huge, yeah. Like that, yeah. But it's just a giving value to members. It doesn't always have to turn into sponsor dollars. Maybe no, no. rebate yeah. to do that. And, and the, the rebates is a huge thing, like 10% off or whatever it is like that. Yeah, um, that's what we did locally. And I mean, you know, I, I talked to a few provinces after we had done this here and, you know, we're at an, at an advantage here in that, you know, you're fairly close to these businesses that you're going after sponsorship for, um, you know, where you take a, a local shoe store, for example, in Edmonton, I mean, you know, how, how many of your bowlers are going to be around that particular store type of thing? Yeah. I think with a smaller community, it's it's easier to do that sort of stuff. You, you'd have to go after bigger companies out there. I'm not saying it couldn't be done, but yeah, it's. But I definitely bit. think that there's opportunity and appetite for a rebate program. You know, my kids oh, even sure. school, my kids at school have a program with you know Cobb's bread and Save on Food, and as long as you submit the receipts, you get a five percent rebate. Right, so once a month they're sending the receipts into the stores and saying, "Here you go." Or each store has a different way of rebating it, but you know it drives a ton of traffic to Cobbs and to Save on Foods. Tons of traffic. Yeah. Right. But um, I mean, even if they're even if they're just giving ten percent off something, you know that really doesn't cost the business anything. It doesn't cost the the membership anything. But I would I would much rather go spend get I would drive out of my way to go get ten percent off booster juice rather than driving down the street to go to orange julius yep. or something like that right and like those are all things that are you know provincially maybe uh, well yeah you got to find the right person in the in the businesses to do it to if it's gonna be a large yeah, enough business to be provincial value, it can just be value for the member sometimes it doesn't always have to be a rebate so that they have to companies have to give back we just we simply right. want to give more value, value to our member so yeah. right uh, i like what you did there alan I'm, I'm glad that somebody did that and there's some historical precedent set by, by doing that. So hopefully you continue on that work or somebody else is continuing on for you. Yeah, well, thanks. Hey. Just give me one sec, guys. I'm going to grab a, another cord here. This one doesn't seem to be charged my phone, and I don't okay. think I hung up on you. <laughs> no, no worries. No worries. So yeah. is it is Alan the reason why you always say, uh, just do it and ask for forgiveness later then? Because uh, it, it, it sounds like that was his strategy. I no, like it, no, though. No, as long I, as he's not committing anything to the C5, then I don't think inquiring is a problem at all. No, actually, I didn't know Alan did that, but I'm actually quite impressed. So uh, <laughs> hopefully hopefully, Ned's not listening. But uh, I just uh, I, th I think sometimes you just have to go out there and try your best. I mean, like Daryl mentioned, uh, whether like – even the A5 cards or even the, even the Masters of Alberta has um, has something, maybe a value, like a, a discount, like a 10% discount here or whatever it is. Um, people are, are, are not willing to maybe give out the cash value, but they may be willing to give a discount out, right. um, especially during COVID. Or, you know, people are looking probably to give away products. Like you, you talk to a brewery, they're willing to give away beer, but they're not willing to give away cash, right? So um there's there's ways around it out there um if you're looking at sponsorship and there's ways you can manipulate it but um i think i think that card thing is a really good incentive because 
even though my position on the where I am on the board, it's still a tough sell sometimes. Well, why do you want to buy a member? Well, okay, well, you're not participating in any of these events. Like it's a tough sell, right? You know, and sometimes, totally. right? And that's what, a prime, uh, prime example. You had mentioned earlier something about WCBT. We sort of tried this. Is this the you know the brew house? Or maybe we don't you know. But uh, what? What extent has WCBT looked at doing something like that? Member for the tour cards, value for that at any of the restaurants. I think we've done right, um, but other uh, other places, right? Like uh, uh, we had mentioned the brew house and stuff like that. That that's something that I think as the WCBT we tried to institute. It's just hard to find, I guess, a national chain that's at every city at uh every, and close to every location like in regina you're at golden mile edmonton you're in sherwood park calgary you're right in the the danger zone in paradise and then like it, it's hard to find danger a, zone. a local restaurant that is in every city that is close to every center the WCBT probably has a little bit tougher time finding that sponsorship where I think your your A5 it's, or your Calgary 5-pin, your Edmonton 5-pin, those associations probably have a little bit easier time getting a local restaurant to... You're right. I it's And and for me, they're, they're two different ball games altogether. I mean, our WCBT membership is, a, is $100 for the year. Um, and that gets you into the tournaments and stuff like that. But you're you're not you're not going to go out and buy a hundred dollar membership to go get a small discount at a restaurant. That's just that's just not the nature of it. You're you're putting in that hundred dollars because it's a tournament within a tournament, and you know you're you're wanting to qualify for things. Whereas the the a C five or I guess um, one thing that we should stipulate now is that C five cards are no longer a thing. It's a provincial membership, not a, a national membership. Yeah, correct? it's A five or right. Sask five card or whatever. But I mean, you can spend fifteen bucks on a membership to you know to get discounts on things. People do that stuff all the time, right? So I think that that's uh, that that's a far easier sell. Plus, the numbers are way higher. I mean, WCBT. You know, we're a hundred members is ideal. Is something? I mean, we want to grow those numbers, but a hundred members is a realistic sort of number um, with growth, right? But I mean, uh, in Sherwood Park, we have what? How many members, Tim? Five hundred members from Sherwood Park. Seven hundred. Seven hundred members from Sherwood Park alone, right? So, yeah. I mean, it, for corporations looking at those numbers, it makes far more sense for them to kind of go into that direction. Especially for a local association, that makes a lot more sense, right? You have a local mm -hmm. Sherwood Park um, establishment saying, "Hey, like Sherwood Bowl has seven hundred members that could push a discount towards your business." That makes a lot more sense. That's a lot more local. That's it. Just yeah, yeah. it's surprisingly it's an easy sell. Like yeah, you know, some of these smaller businesses, you tell them there's potentially seven hundred customers. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Sherwood Park alone, even just go around to the flower shop or go around to the oil change down from the bowling alley. You know, hey, we're going to drive business to you guys. Will you offer our members of our association a 5% discount, a 10% discount, right? Mm -hmm. Or how about a 10% discount, but a 5% kickback, right? Or something. And, you know, if we can give you, you know, $20,000 worth of additional business, isn't that worth something to you? Yeah, 
Yeah. So now that that's provincial association cards, does it really fall under the provincial association to what they do for their, you know, their members, the value? No longer a C5 thing? Is that what I'm understanding, Ken? Yeah. Yeah, correct. Yeah. It, uh, it, it, but you, but you can't you can't go off for corporate sponsor uh, using C five numbers like Alan was, <laughs> and, right? And, and do that, <laughs> and do that. Can, can you do it for <laughs> Alberta? Because I mean, well, you, you can do it. For, you can do it for Alberta decks. Like, that's yeah. no problem. Like that's and, no. And I or, totally or agree with the way Alan did it too, because those Absolutely. are your potential customers, right? Those are the people you're trying to sell those cards to. So those are the people that'll be coming back in. I I totally agree with using those numbers. I have no problem with that. It, so, is that the the catch twenty two or whatever they call it? Like you don't have the membership to show it yet, but if I get that sponsorship, then I can get the membership to show that mem that discount. Yeah, right. The, like, the chicken and the egg thing. Yeah, you you need to be able to <laughs> gather. We, that we went out with a fat chicken. <laughs> <laughs> and got two chickens out there. It was a great. Oh, thing. That's right. That's you know, right. But Alan, they never they never even asked to see your numbers. They just they just took you for the for your word, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully they're not listening to podcasts, right? So yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty trustworthy guy. Yeah. Well, no, but it doesn't matter now, Tim, because they actually have those numbers now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. So yeah, uh, but the one thing that needs to happen though is if if A five or whatever organization does go this route, they need to go back to having those plastic cards to hand out. They need to. You can't. You can't be sending out those written out paper garbage cards no. anymore. No, they get the plastic cards. Okay, yep. everybody, everybody gets a plastic card once. If you lose and then it, you put a sticker on the back. No, 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 you don't use a sticker anymore. But you, 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 you get you get the paper card. You get the paper card. It's just proof of payment. That's all it is. Yeah, but they they, they need like if they're if these corporations are going to be you know doing this, they they need to they need to revamp them, come out with new cards so everybody has them because. Those are going to be the cards that they'll go into the business and be like, I get the discount. Right. If you yeah, lose that, you can't walk in and be like, here's my white piece of paper. Well, yeah. Well, what, don't lose your what card. What a lot of businesses were looking for, or, or not a lot, but there was a few of them, and, and I see more of them going that way, is a barcode or something on the back of the card mm -hmm. so that they can scan the card. I mean, rather than just showing a card, and, you know, it just makes with. The way the cash registers are set up now, you know, if I can scan that card and it automatically takes that ten percent off, I mean, the businesses are going to like that. So, yeah, if if I was designing or creating new cards, that's the route I'd go. And yeah, if you wanted to replace it with a piece of paper, as long as that barcode was on the back, it would work. You know. Yeah. Or an A five app. Yeah, a lot of those POS systems can uh, adapt to like barcode discounts and stuff like that. So it's simple as the association coming up with that barcode and being able to coordinate that with the local organization's POS and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. yeah. we we have we have a really good tech director on our um, on our E five board that can really hammer that out. So if you think that I can come up. <laughs> And, and okay, for for the record, for the record, I was never voted into that position. I was just told that apparently I am tech director for E5. Second, if you how, think that I'm going to be how, able to sit do down, how do I get you, out of here? You just stop for one second. If you think I'm going to sit here and figure out how to do, <laughs> okay, so yeah, I'm muted. So, anyways, it's all good. Like, no, no, no big thank you. I think you actually go and, and buy a barcode. There's, yeah. there's places online to buy them. Yeah. 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 
<laughs> yeah, wouldn't wouldn't take much work. But I mean, on the other side, you were a volunteer and did all that work, right, Alan? Um, isn't it harder per se for a volunteer? So is that the responsibility of the volunteer to commit all their time to go to them? Or is it maybe somebody in a paid position or a per diem or how does that work to compensate somebody or, or a paid position to go and do all that work? Right. I, I found that was always the gray area. Yeah. Uh, of, um, I guess I haven't been involved in, in the association for that long. Um, for me, I, I enjoyed doing that sort of stuff and I, and I certainly had lots of help doing it. Um, so, you know, it, it didn't take as much time as, as you would think. Um, yeah. You know, a shout out to Valerie. She was with me every step of the way as far as, you know, going down and, and talking to these, you know, 500 plus bowlers and, and signing them up. And, and we literally signed them up, got them to sign like a couple of waivers for, for different things. And I think for both of us, it's just the enjoyment of the sport and, and trying to get people involved and trying to keep the sport alive that, that we both love. And, you know, and again, it wasn't just the two of us either. We had, you know, lots of, of help from other executive members and, and, you know, that core group that I talked about initially, that 50 plus bowlers or whatever, you know, these guys were all for what we were doing and, and they helped it with, you know, whatever they could, whatever we asked of them. So, yeah, it was a group effort. And again, you know, I mentioned this, this family atmosphere, uh, you know, we're all pretty tight and we all love the sport. We love the, the competition, especially the national part of it, you know, getting away and, and traveling, I mean, you know, I'm 58 years old and I was, you know, 55 before I seen BC. I got as far as Calgary once when I was a kid. Uh, hadn't been to Newfoundland before. So, yeah, it's the love of the sport and, and trying to keep it going. Totally. So, as far as a paid position, you know, other provinces where you're dealing, I mean, we're dealing with five or 600 people across the entire province. You know, if you're saying, you know, that one association has 700 people, well, you know, it may be a little tougher to get that 30 or 40 people to help out from that association. And if you, you're relying on one or two people, you know, maybe you, you do have to throw something at them to, to get them involved. Yeah, and you, and you need to make sure you find the right person to be in that position too. Yeah. There's just some people that just aren't, aren't built to do that or uncomfortable with doing that. Uh, you have to, you definitely have to find the right person to be in that position. Absolutely. And I'm self-employed too, so I've got a lot more time on my hands than you know most <laughs> people do, or or I made time anyway at that time. Me too. His partner and he likely would have loved to choke me on a few occasions, but hey, bowling takes precedence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's right the bank hasn't come after me yet so yeah I question sometimes about the you know if you tie some goals and expectations to fund development then that person's actually responsible for doing it then they have more of a you know, performance review around the, the money they're bringing in right I mean I deal with a lot of golf tournament uh, fund development coordinators and their compensation is tied to how much money they're bringing into the, the that charity right 
Yeah. Um, it's a hard sell sometimes for volunteers to go and do a lot of work. And, but it's accountability, it's job and expectations. I mean, we did that within the E5 here is that, you know, some of the things volunteers, it was hard for volunteers to do. So we brought in a, you know, corporate secretary or executive director or one of what we call, the, you know, assistant, what do we call it then? Uh, executive secretary. Right. And it was a paid position to do some of the work that um, in the old days volunteers were doing, but it was just a struggle. But we had the funds and the development and it became part of our, our job to raise the money to make sure that we could pay for it. But um, but that person's job wasn't to raise money and just saying that would be something else on the outside. So. Anyways, yeah. anyways, let's uh, keep that conversation going on adding value for members across the association, whatever they may look like. Um, you've done some great stuff there. So, you had mentioned Alan about going to BC and uh, Quebec in different provinces. What was some of your favorite national events that you've gone to? Um, I think I love them all equally. Um, my biggest complaint about any of the nationals would be my being a cheap ass and not going a few days before or staying a few days after uh we had intentions of going to bc like a week earlier and yeah it, it just didn't happen um my wife wasn't feeling well so we canceled that idea and you know all of these events I've gone to, it's it's strictly been bowling and, you know, meeting people from across the country, obviously. But, uh, yeah, as far as spending time in any of the provinces, I came in the day before, I left the day after. Didn't see much of anything. We, we made a point of renting a, a van in St. John's and, and did a little bit of touring around there on the Saturday morning before the stepladder or before we wanted to get to the stepladder anyway. We weren't bowling that year. In a stepladder, that is. <laughs> um, actually. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we, we took a little bit of tour around Newfoundland. Um, you know, yeah, they, they've all been equally fun. Um, a lot of laughs at every one of them. Nice. <laughs> Totally. What now? Here's a question: Is what what is the goal for, say, a men's team from PEI? And I don't mean that in disrespect, but in all fairness, I don't believe PEI competes in the step ladder year after year after year. So, going in, is that a fair mindset that hey, we're looking to make top five, or we're looking to make the step ladder, or does it change for for PEI at all um, going into a national event, knowing that? Um, or not knowing, you know what I'm trying to ask there. I don't want to be. Yeah, no, no, I do. And yeah, we we go in with the intention of making the step ladder. I mean, you've you've got to go into a national event with that intent. And you know, I think it was. Oh my gosh. I wish I was. My memory was better, but it was four or five years ago. And halfway through the first round, what is it? Eighteen games or. Seven, six, 18 games over the two days for men's. I don't even remember. <laughs> anyway, half, it was it was either 16 or 18 games. And halfway through, we were sitting in third place. And, you know, we had, we had some great matches that first day and a half. 
And then we started looking at the friggin' standings. Oh, no. And so help me, God, within, I mean, within three games, we were just, yeah, I don't think we got a point or we might have got one or two points for the next three games. So, yeah, but yeah, we certainly, you know, we, we go into it with the intention of making the step ladder. Um, and then by the time the third day rolls around, um, you know, you're, you're not looking very good and the step ladder is pretty much out of reach unless, you know, two or three teams get involved in a bus accident to the lane or something. But at that point, at that point, it's, it's, yeah, at that point it's spoiler. And, and we have a knack for doing that the last day. Like yeah. I, I was looking at some, some standings today from our last nationals and, you know, we, we took seven points off Quebec in the last game and they were, uh, they were in the run for the step level. Um, you know, there's, I think we can, we can beat any team, not consistently, but, you know, to, to get on it, we can get on a run and yeah, we, we've got to win with that mindset that, yeah, the step ladder is a possibility. Uh, I'll be. Uh, you guys have always kind of had the underdog, or you guys have always played where like um, we can't take you guys lightly by any means. Um, Never. I, I, I've I've seen it where you guys. I mean, especially you have somebody like you know John Walsh that comes on and and all of a sudden he just cream starts getting hot, or you start getting hot, or somebody else does, or JB, who knows, right? Um, there's some really good shooters, the shepherds or, um, you just, you just never know. Right. But, uh, your prime example was 2019, um, Alberta, like we were fortunate enough. We kind of had a little bit of a gap, uh, we maybe by a game, maybe by five or six points. And then all of a sudden you st- you guys started being everybody behind us. <laughs> so you guys really helped us out. Right. I mean, all of a sudden you guys beat Quebec and you beat Manitoba and then you beat somebody else right afterwards. And, and it was just out of nowhere, you guys got, you just got that big string going and and you guys play spoilers right um but there's a point i think i think winning is contagious and i think you just need to get that one step ladder in you and i think i think that changes things well yeah and and i think i think the fact that you guys were sitting in third as deep into that tournament as you guys was should be proof enough to you guys that hey we can absolutely compete in this now yeah. it's just it's like it's like throwing your first three hundred, right? Oh, I got my first three hundred. Now all of a sudden three hundred gets easier, right? Yeah. You just have to. Tim's exactly right. You you know you, that should be proof enough that you can compete with all these guys. You have tons of good shooters. It's just taking that next step and knowing that you guys can do that, and then and then proceeding into the step ladder, right? Just yeah. maintaining that confidence. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, our good friend Ryan O'Callaghan messaged us and. Uh, and he's like, you got Alan Clark on? He's like, I was like, yeah, I got Alan on. He's like, he was the one who hit the shield and threw a strike against me. And <laughs> he's still complaining yeah. about it. He's still complaining about it. Two years yeah. later. It didn't pop out? No, no. It, yeah, it, it, it rattled and went down. I think I threw a 312 against him or something. I, uh, what, I had an 884 triple starting that third day. And I was like, yeah, I shit the bed on the last one. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Ryan, yeah, Ryan just piped in and said it was horse shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we do have a couple questions here. Um, Mark Bush from 
Hamilton actually, or on sorry, Ontario mentioned what would a gold medal do for PI like Nova Scotia winning a few years ago do for you guys? Um, I would hope it's going to get more people involved in our provincial events. Um, yeah, a few big heads for a little while, but uh, mostly, uh, yeah, get get more people involved in, in the national events. And, and I, I don't think it would draw a lot of extra people in. I think, uh, you know, those that are, are going to try it for the nationals are already there. Um, you know, it, it might get us a little more advertising. You know, we, we pushed it in the media. And I think that's where we're lacking right now is we're not getting the media exposure that we, we should be going after. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, I don't know if that answers your question. Like, yeah, yeah. just more exposure. That's a fair comment that you said. There's not a huge lot of people in EI that are not playing competitive. Right. If you're a good bowler and you're competitive, you're going to be playing. So it's not that you said it's not going to increase the amount of people that are going to start playing. Maybe you'll get some people who want to play bowling, but are they going to be super competitive to start with? Maybe not. Um, but sounds Please. like, you know, for you, it's the, the younger people or the people that are bowling, just keep bowling. The, the business retention side of it, you know, I need to keep retaining people that to, to keep playing. That's how you're going to get better. And they keep pushing and keep pushing. If you get the people who drop out, that's when you start to lose the bottom end. So. Yeah. I, I'd say we've likely got as many people that are com competitive bowlers that aren't bowling right now that we'd love to have back. Like, you know, I can think of a, a number of people that, you know, have won gold or have won medals at, at national events, uh, YBC um that just aren't there anymore you know and they could be in the same position that i was in 15 years ago where they're raising their families and stuff like that and you know whether we see these people come back or not remains to be seen but yeah i mean we could be sending a lot stronger teams to nationals if these people you know were participating again i wouldn't be participating if they were back so yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder if, kind of mimicking what Daryl said, I wonder if that would stimulate more youth kids, you know, in YBC already perhaps, but maybe maybe stimulate them to try to compete and try to get to that level to be on a national team as an adult as well. Maybe it would stimulate the youth a little bit more than the already existing adult program that's, that's already there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And... Um... Right now, like we've got two girls. Well, Amy Spence, Cherry Wedge, uh, they're both. I mean, Amy Bold uh, with the adult, like the tried it for the national event this year. She did really well. And Sherry Wedge coming up, she'll be into our program next year. And her younger brother, Trey, the shirt in the background, um, you know, Hayden Cotton. Uh, Oh, Keegan McGinnis, uh, his sister, Emma. I mean, all these all these guys and girls are coming up. And and I think they're a lot stronger bowlers than, than half of what we're sending away right now. 
and they've got these kids looking up to them. And I, I think that's where the big difference is going to be. Mm -hmm. These guys doing well. I, um, I, I, sorry, I just have okay. a quick question about this. Um, from being out West, we don't hear a lot about it, but is there an Atlant an Atlantic rivalry like between Newfoundland, Nova Scotia and PEI? Um, when I was involved in baseball, that was kind of the, the main driver. You had these, um, I guess, more local competitions to drive competition between certain rivalries. And then that kind of boosted the competition to play in the further higher levels. I'm just wondering if the Atlantics even tries some stuff like that. I know travel's not very easy between those three provinces, so I didn't know if there was something like that out there. Or... There used to be an Atlantic tournament, um, and it was a huge success years ago, and it, it fizzled off. And, and again, I think you know a lot of the older bowlers aged out. Um, just it, it died off. They tried to revive it. My first, 2013 was the last year of the Atlantics, and they, they held it in Summerside. I participated in that. And I mean, I think it was maybe 10 teams or something like that, but it used to be, you know, a huge event years ago. We're trying to do something now. Uh, I've been in talks with um, Rod Nitz in uh, New Brunswick and Katrina in Nova Scotia and trying to do, Rod started something actually in, in New Brunswick uh, three years ago in Gage Town where he opened it up to, you know, anybody in New Brunswick and Nova Scotia, well, anybody at all, Newfoundland wasn't going to come over. There's just not enough money or, or people involved. Um, but it was a huge success. And after that, uh, I had talked to Katrina and talked to Rod, and we thought maybe we'd do an event in PEI, one in Nova Scotia and one in New Brunswick. COVID hits and, and puts an end to that. And now with, yeah, I just recently, we got some money from the province for, for COVID funding. Um, so we're able to offset our, our lineage for some of our events and they decided to run an Atlantic or a maritime event. So between Nova Scotia and New Brunswick, and I had people lined up to come over and participate in this. And we we're supposed to have this Atlantic bubble uh, that was going to go into effect on April 19th, where you could travel freely between those three provinces. And right. it crapped out here in the last few days. Oh. So they're talking May 3rd right now. We're scheduled to run this event on May 8th. Hopefully the bubble opens and we, and we get that participation. Nova Scotia has run a few events over the years. Um, you know, we'd, we'd go over, geez, I think we'd send it with three carloads over <laughs> and, uh, same thing out in New Brunswick. So, yeah, I mean, cash tournaments, but nice to get together with these people and, you know, it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, so we're hoping to do something between the three provinces. And then there'd been talk about the master's association and getting involved in that. And we we're going to use this like tour type of thing is you know qualifying and yeah this call yeah that's right what's that there's a newfoundland tour or is there more there is a newfoundland tour and and i don't know i mean jb has gone over uh, on a few occasions outside of jb um there was a couple of other bowlers that used to or maybe that was the atlantics that they were going to um 
I don't know if this JB would have to answer that one. I don't know if we've got anybody else. Um, I don't think there's anybody else in PEI going over it, but as far as Nova Scotia and New Brunswick, none that stand out unless Freddie's gone over. <coughs> Freddie, Freddie, where's Freddie at these days? Mm. Freddie, Freddie, I'm um, taking his money in her fantasy baseball right now. Yeah, so where's he supposed to come over here on, <laughs> on May the eighth? Yeah, uh, Halifax. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's moving over to PEI. He's supposed to come over for this event if if this. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Well, that sounds like a good idea. Is that that bubble? I mean, again, kudos to you, Alan, for thinking outside the, the bubble and and doing something different, right? So, good on you. Um, let's go to Valerie's comment, and then we'll go to Tom. He's quite curious to know the roadblocks to making this step ladder, so we'll get there. But got to love Valerie's comment here about uh, a gold medal boost would boost confidence of our bowlers. Is Charlotte for the more capable? And you're right, 100%. Um, and then driving even harder to win again, plus the celebrations would be amazing. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Valerie. Good to see you. Thanks for tripping in. Uh, yeah, for those who don't know, Val is an amazing person who does a ton of work out there for PEI as well. Um, she's also been hand in hand with working with Masters to to make that Atlantics team, which I think is fantastic. I really hope that that does go through. Uh, I think it's a shame that uh, it wasn't allowed for as many years as it was, and I'm really glad that uh, you guys may have the opportunity if you guys choose to do so um, in that. So uh, thank you, Val, for all the things that you do as well. Yeah, Valerie's been my vice president since I started. Awesome. on this road with the five pin association and certainly couldn't have done half of what i've done without her yeah I'm you sure guys are a good team i met her when i did the ip you know 10 12 years ago uh and then some of those ip events and some of them obviously into the open events too so. um but let's chat about you had mentioned obviously the pei team and on day three you know you were in a position of the step ladder then it, it faltered away you know, to Tom's question, what are some of the roadblocks that prevented the team from getting there? Um, you had mentioned you started looking at the scoreboard watching. So there's a, there's a big roadblock. Anything else that comes to mind, Alan? Um, <laughs> uh, I think, yeah, I don't know how to put it without offending anybody. We, if if one or two of us get in a shit mood, it rubs off on the rest pretty quick. And, yeah, it, it can crap out pretty quick. And, right. you know, that can happen in day one. It could happen in day three, uh, you know. And I'm far from perfect. I mean, the, the last trip to Gatineau, I think, I mean, it was just atrocious and I'm sure I brought the team down like the first day and yeah, it was a shit show. Um, so yeah, just getting control of our emotions, I think is, is a big factor and, and we're all guilty of it. Um, yep. You know, and yeah, you know, get out there and throw a big game and, and get pounded with a 1500 or something that that'll knock you back a step and, you know, it's, yeah, it's, there's a few factors, I guess. And, and, you know, likely a lot of inexperience too. I mean, you guys go through a lot more of a process to get to that national event. Uh, you've, you've worked with your team, you know, going through whether it's a local and then a zone and then a provincial and, 
before you see the national see it bowl together a lot longer i mean we bowl together on a weekly basis or most of us do but you're you're bowling for yourself you're not bowling with a team so may, maybe it's that that team component that we're missing um because we come from you know could could be upwards of an hour to an hour and a half away from each other to try to get together on a regular basis prior to a national event is difficult with work schedules and everything else so yeah maybe maybe that's the biggest factor mm -hmm. yeah and you're right i mean we do have the opportunity to play in a lot more events masters you know wcbt you know, a lot of league bowling, match play, competitive bowling is a lot more. So it's definitely a fair comment in experience. Yeah, and it's a it's a completely different pressure playing on a team too, right? I mean, it, it's a there's a pressure playing for singles, but there's definitely a different pressure when you're on a team because you you don't want to let down other people on your team, as you talked about earlier. So I th I always found that I I get way more stressed out and way more nervous for team events than I ever will for a singles event. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't want to let your team down, you don't want to affect the mojo of the other guys. Absolutely, yeah. it, it it's it's a different pressure. I I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to explain it properly. I just like it's a uh, it's a different pressure out here uh, playing on a team. I guess it, it just feels like um, sometimes it's not as I I, I it sometimes it's not fun in a way. I think as 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 some other times. Um, just because I, I think there's more added pressure. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it properly. Like without, without getting like the wrong vibe out of there, but, uh, it just, it's just that we we're, we're, we're just expected to, we're expected to go there and be businesslike. And we, it's not, it's not, um, it's, it's, we're not supposed to have as much fun as, uh, like we like we should I think you're, you're saying there's expect we have expectations yeah, yeah. and, and I expected to be in the step ladder yeah I yeah. got it out in one word right but, <laughs> but you know you, you get you get my point though I mean like like we totally. go there and and sometimes it sometimes it feels like we don't have as much fun I think than the rest of the provinces some other provinces do just because we're expected to go and and it's more of a business like thing I feel like I I, I think you put too much pressure on yourself i i've never felt that going to masters nationals or or open nationals it's it's all the pressure you put on yourself everybody's there to win mm -hmm. and they're and they're clearly all competitive teams or else they wouldn't be there right if you weren't competitive you weren't having fun those teams wouldn't be coming back so i think it shows a lot tim obviously if you feel that pressure you you put a lot of pressure on yourself to be that player um yeah it's it's how you address it yourself i think is the the biggest issue right but i, I agree though with, with tim that i mean there is a certain stature and certain expectation that alberta should be in there no matter what right um you know ontario is probably similar bc might be similar just because of the the size you know but you're right Jerry, any team across the country can win. We've even seen that. Um, you know, you know, Nova Scotia, the Newfoundlands, these guys, any, anybody can compete. Um, but the biggest roadblocks would be the mental fatigue and then the physical fatigue after a couple of days of long days and, and competing and then letting it get to you. And now I'm physically tired and I'm not, you know, poor nutrition likely, um, you know, late nights, you know, there's, there's, 
you know, probably the key ones are the, are the, the standards, the key, right? Just get tired, biggest, biggest roadblock. And team dynamic, right? Like you said, Alan, to begin with, was if you get a bitchy guy on a, on a sidelines, he brings the whole team down, Yeah, right? That's a big one. Team dynamic is definitely a big one. So. Yeah. We play with Weber, so. <laughs> <laughs> Um, how about some of the other events now? See my noise, guys? Is that a different noise you got? Yeah. 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 You're welcome. <laughs> um, Alan, you mentioned earlier about some of the other events and, and side things you enjoy doing uh, outside of bowling. Can you share what those, uh, those, those might be? Like the um, Cavendish Festival. Yeah, as far as fundraising opportunities and stuff like that. Um, I mean, that's that's what the Cavendish Beach thing was. That was a fundraising opportunity. Um, it's uh, a huge music festival they've run here for a number of years on the island. And one of uh, my fellow bowlers, a lady, um, Ernie Arnold, she had a connection with the Cavendish Beach Music Festival. They, she had a bunch of... Um, softball bowlers and they were raising funds to go away to an international competition in New Zealand. So they'd done this for about three years, raised an awful lot of money and once the trip was over they no longer needed that revenue source. So she she approached me and I discussed it with the Fipen Association and yeah we we were given the opportunity to go out there and volunteer and basically what they did was they offered us uh, meal tokens plus 10 bucks an hour to work this event and I forget how many ships it was now but it was a considerable number and it's only gone up since then. So what we've done is we've used it for a fundraiser for the Five Pin Association. Um, if you're a bowler and you want to go out and volunteer any hours that you work you know, comes off whatever your assessment is to attend a national event. And our bowlers pay 100% of the shot just because we don't have the numbers to, like, generate that money through a provincial event or whatever. Totally. So it's been a big boost to, you know, bowlers that want to go out and do that sort of stuff. Um, for And we've got an awful lot of people that just want to go out and listen to, you know, a weekend of, of great country music. And, you know, we get international stars there, I don't know. Like Shelton was there last year, the last year it ran. You know, it's we've had some some big stars show up. So yeah, people you know are itching to volunteer because they get a free gate pass basically. Um, so that's raised a lot of money for us over the last few years. We've done golf tournaments. We've done. Uh, I'm sure you guys have had them out there. The color run. Um, oh yeah, yeah, like color me rad or yeah. Um, oh yeah different events but yeah a, a lot of fundraising could, could you so imagine you, us running out a Cal, uh, running a keller me rad out here for bowlers <laughs> it, it would have to be like a 500 meter keller me rad <laughs> um, what type of a golf golf tournament do you run uh, it was and it, we we stopped running it after 10 years um, I'm a bit of a control freak and take on too much stuff and I was relying on a lot of sponsorship from a lot of my customers and I just got tired of going back to me year after year and I'm sure they get tired of looking at me year after year 
but yeah, we started this thing off. Um, I think I paid for insurance for six people to shoot for a million bucks and it wasn't an annuity either. So like half what we raised in, in what should have gone to a charity we're paying it for people to shoot for a million bucks. Um, I had a good working relationship with a lot of dealerships on the island. So we had a car, an ATV, a Harley-Davidson, like just crazy, the prizes. But we're still able to raise a few thousand dollars. Anyway, after a 10-year run, um, talked to a few people that ran similar tournaments, and it was just, yeah, it didn't run its course. Um, we're thinking about maybe doing something with the five-pin association, you know, depending on what happens with Cavendish, we've, we've got to come up with something else. I'm sure we'd get lots of support, but it's a hell of a lot more work to organize a golf tournament than it is to show up at a concert and, you know, scan somebody's ticket as they're coming in the door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just, yeah, it's a no-brainer, whereas, yeah, if you got to, you know, round up 30 teams and get sponsorship for every hole and, you know, it's just, yeah, it's months of work. work. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, what about uh, your world-renowned bowling pins that you were uh, fundraising? Oh, were, the oh, uh, yeah. tattoo one? Yeah. Yeah. I missed out on two of them. I was trying for two of them, and I yeah. didn't get either of them. I don't know how that really come about. I think um, Valerie had seen some pins on Pinterest, and... Two of us got talking about it, but anyway, we decided to go out and approach the tattoo shops across the aisle and told them it was a fundraiser for Special Olympics. Uh, anything that we raised through the sale of these pins would, would go to Special Olympics PEI. And uh, I don't know, we had eight or nine artists that, that signed on for it. We bought pins from... Uh, a center in Ontario or, or a private center in Ontario. I can't remember how they come in. Uh, Valerie let me spend a month uh, sanding these pins and cleaning them up and getting them ready to take to the tattoo shops. Anyway, we left the pins with them for about six weeks. We uh, did a contest online where people could vote for their favorite pin. Um, we awarded the tattoo shop with the most votes with a plaque and a thank you and uh, the closing night for the IP that we hosted in 2017, I think, uh, we auctioned them off. Well, we had had the auction running for for a little bit. I can't remember how long it was, but yeah, they, it closed off that night. And I'm thinking we might have raised a couple of thousand dollars. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Yeah. Like we need to get up there for a golf tournament, eh? Maybe some play some cabin links. You're in the wrong province. <laughs> I was trying to be all smart, you know. Uh, Crowbush, yeah, it's Crowbush. it was ranked in the top ten in Canada until uh, Cabot came along. Uh, but yeah, there's some beautiful courses across the island. Like I think there's somewhere in the vicinity of 25 or something like that, and and out of that, you know. There's likely about 15 that are absolutely amazing. Sounds like a five pin U trip out there. Yeah, five yeah, pin yeah. U trip yeah. out there. Buy some merchandise, I, I, <laughs> I think TSN uh, did a piece on PEI there and they ran it for like three months straight on their uh, 
on their sports channel showing all the they golf did. courses and stuff like that. That was pretty neat. Yeah, I think VJ Singh was here at the time. He participated in it, uh, or the, there was an event. Yeah, I know that that was a different show, but yeah, there was at one time. Uh, yeah, he was here. I can't remember who else it was. They they did Pro Bush, but yeah, it's uh, that was my last round last year. Actually, was Pro Bush. I pulled a tendon in my arm, and yeah, oh, it was absolute torture in the arm, but a beautiful day, and uh, yeah, an amazing course. How, how is the weather out on PIL? And like, is it, um, I guess, does it get fairly cold, like Newfoundland kind of lots of snow, or is it uh, more temperate weather throughout the winter? Um, yeah, we, we get it a lot easier than Newfoundland does for sure. Um, I mean, it's hit and miss here. You just, from one year to the next, you don't know. You know, it wasn't six or seven years ago it was 25 foot snow drifts and and this year i don't think we've seen a three foot one yeah um you know summers are are pretty decent i mean the weather's coming around right now it's you know plus eight and it'll, you know it's yeah you, you could have a long wet summer or you could have a long dry summer um, usually it's pretty good um yeah it's if, if you're coming for a visit, the summer is the time to come. Hmm. Noted by the universe. Yeah. <laughs> What's that, Daryl? I said noted by the universe. We're coming yeah. in the summer. Yeah. 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 Um, let's spend a bit of time on your involvement with C5 again, Alan, and helping create the Hall of Fame. Um, I know that was a big undertaking, and obviously we've seen a couple of, of you know, classes inducted. Um, Tell us about your work done on that committee and that crew. Um, I mean, as sitting on the first, as first vice, I mean, you're, that was tasked to me, but it was certainly a group effort. I mean, yeah, I, I, I certainly can't take any credit for it other than, you know, having worked with, with the other provinces or, or those that sat on that committee. Um, yeah, it was, it was, a great experience. I mean, I hadn't been in a lot involved in the C5 for a long time at that point. So, you know, that initial induction, other than, I think it was uh, Natalie, Danielle and Sheila, you know, all I was relying on were the submissions that were made and, you know, and hearing from people around the room about all these other bowlers. Um, yeah, it was it was a great experience, but yeah, I, I certainly couldn't take credit for it. It was a, you know, it was a C five decision, and you know, I was just sitting as as head of that committee. But the vast majority of the work was done by the people that knew these bowlers, and right. you know, I was relying on their input. It it seems like a, a really fun, rewarding, interesting um, undertaking to take on, really. Um, I, I don't know. I, Tim's absolutely loved every second of it. Yes. Um, <laughs> welcome back. He's loved every second of it. Um, it's, it's been awesome, but I mean, just to, just to learn the, all the history of the game and history of people and stuff. And man, like t Tim, it's nonstop at work. I mean, we don't have work, but it's been nonstop with Tim at work for, you know, months, just going through the history of people and whatnot. And it's, uh, 
Yeah, it's. I it, think it's a really important work, Alan. I really do because that's something that we really need to maintain in our bowl in in our sport because you know numbers keep going down. But the one thing that we need to make sure we happens is we remember where we came from in the history and and how many quality players and you know people you can look back at and relate to and um, yeah, yeah, it's absolutely important. like yeah. I mean, you know, Tim would would certainly know a lot more of these bowlers than I did. And, and as most in the room would, I mean, you know, I, I never seen a national event at that point, you know, it, it was only seven years that I'd actually, you know, gone to a nationals or, or, you know, heard of any of these people, um, you know, never had the opportunity to actually see these people until, you know, the, the night of the closing ceremonies, yeah, so nice, nice to put a face to a name and and to to a history of, of you know their bowling careers and you know it was yeah it was interesting and a lot of fun. It, I, yeah. I think I think it's a it's a good thing in a way too. I mean it's it's nice that you got to meet them, um, but it's great as a as a new contributor in that aspect to be part of something. It's. Um, it was it was a very unbiased situation you're part of because you don't know anybody so you're just following the numbers you're following the the bios that were given to you and uh and so it was kind of from a clean slate right so it's pretty cool um getting put names to faces you you gotta meet you gotta meet karen you gotta meet dialus you gotta meet all those other people that you heard about maybe um that you never got to see before that actually were there right so yeah um it's it's a really neat process um i i i got the back end of it when i first started going there and you were you were one of the first people that were there because your your elected position to to create it and i think it's a it's a really good spot where we're at with it so um i obviously i hope it still continues and i think it will and Getting the right people in the right spots in the in the right categories. I think it's the right thing to yeah. be doing right now. Yeah, it was absolutely long overdue. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. Is there a requirement to induct every year and a number of inductees, or how does that go? No, there's not. Um, yeah, it's it's based on submissions, and then and then goes to a committee to. Um, decide, you know, based on a point system, whether there, there's enough points or information to induct people. Um, but yeah, there's no minimum requirement. There, there's a maximum. I think it's one, one, and three. Correct me if I'm wrong, Tim. Uh, yes, you can only yeah. have one, one, and three in there. Yeah, yeah. Three, three players, one, one coach and one builder. Yeah. Um, or, or well, you, you can that you. No, I think it's two builders, sorry, two builders right. and one coach. Yeah. But you can And the criteria you, is on the website somewhere on the P five website of, of what those point system is. I don't, believe, I don't believe it's on the website. Um, the the provinces are given the information to take back to their their committees that would be submitting on behalf of you know. Yeah. So if you ever if you're if you're looking for information, Daryl, I'm your guy. There you go, bud. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to just be interesting to see what different associations. I know there's a few different Hall of Fames out there, right? And yeah. what are the different criteria from the various ones um, that there are, right? Yeah. Just like just like E5, we have a lifetime member, 
Um, yeah. You know, what is, is lifetime different than a Hall of Fame? I'm sure, but what what are those differences? Yeah, your your bowlers are going to be, you know, more of a, a point based thing than your your builders and your coaches. Uh, that's going to come down to basically, you know, who's who's got the the biggest resume type of thing. Is there an opportunity for an IP bowler to be in the Hall of Fame? I don't think right now. No. You know what I mean? Right like now. when yeah. you were a, you know, year after year after year, um, IP bowler, and you've been to provincials or nationals five, six times. So I guess you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, yeah. But you're not a you're not a you're a 180 bowler, but you've maybe gone from 170 to 180 to 190 in your progression, but you still continue to succeed, yeah. right? No. No, it's a not, Canadian pipeline all the time. Coaching, yes. Coaching, yes, because coaching's all for all based off medals. Uh, but Dexter had a Dexter and I had a debate about this because yeah, we uh, had it this I, week. Because I actually I brought it up and I was like, yeah, why isn't there POA? I just 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 for like devil's advocate, and and then he brought up a point. Well, yeah, to to me, any any Hall of Fame is designed to be the highest level of the game, right? You don't you don't see. You don't see, you know, the Hockey Hall of Fame induct somebody who is the greatest, you know, bruiser of the game. You know, you don't you don't have those sort of things. But it, it I don't know, in my personal opinion, a Hall of Fame should be for um, the highest level, the elite level sort of thing. Um, I POA as much as like as much as what they do is commendable and and takes a lot of work and it's a lot of improvement that goes into their game and whatnot. I, I don't think that throwing over your average on a consistent basis should be something that um, should be included into the Hall of Fame. And, and plus, not only that, as a POA bowler, to make to make Masters, Nationals, and POA um, or any sort of thing that like that's to do it on a consistent basis, it just isn't there. So I don't think that they, they would even really qualify it the same way because if you're at the highest level of the game, you may qualify for nationals on a regular basis, whereas I don't even know if they'd come up with enough numbers to qualify on the POA side because your average if your average goes up, then the next year is harder to make it. You know? I don't know. Hmm. How about a Hall of Fame youth challenge career? What if you have a bowler who just played in their teenage years and they crush the youth challenge seven years in a row and was a doctor and didn't have any time to, to bowl as an adult anymore. Yeah. Same scenario. I mean, I don't know if, if, yeah, you're talking like just one. I don't know. I'm just, yeah. I'm just asking, I'm just asking yeah. questions. I, I think, I think the same scenario as, as the IP. You're just, you're not you going to get that repeat attendance. Yeah. A, a joke, but I mean, you have Tyler Titkat, who is, and his brother Brad, who have dominated the YDT Nationals, right? right. Having been to eight or nine Nationals in a row. What if both of them decide to quit bowling and they're done? Shouldn't they be recognized for their unbelievably outstanding youth career? They should. So, right now, they're not a, a C5 member, or, or at that time, they weren't a C5 member, right? Well, you challenge. You challenge, yeah. But but here, but here, here's here's your devil's advocate here. Okay, you can write a resume up based off of their their information, 
and you can submit it to your 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 province and your province can submit it to nationals and they go to a committee and then that committee and they can still elect them in so yeah. that if, if they have a fantastic resume somebody say you know tyler was the best youth challenge bowler we've ever had and he was included that would be in there so um i yeah yeah i i don't know i don't know i mean i I think I think youth could have its own personal YBC, but I don't I don't I don't know because okay for example I mean look again hockey hall of fame, um here here's Nail Yakupov who was first overall <laughs> pick and he was great in his youth but he was absolute trash as adults and right? right so is that is that yeah. something that he should he be in the hockey hall of fame even though he you know I I, I don't He's think they're old enough. I, I don't think there should be a youth component. I don't think there should be a youth component in a Hall of Fame. C, uh, CHL doesn't have a one. You know, like WHL doesn't have one. I do. Right? I think, so. I think there should be. There should be some recognition across the youth, whether it's Youth Challenge or YBC, a couple comments in there that have outstanding YBC careers. I mean, that's a bull Canada is YBC, but Youth Challenge is C5, so it's something different, but... And I see that there's there's scholarships and there's that stuff being awarded, but you know it'd be cool to go back into the history and to see somebody who won four national championships, YBC or Youth Challenge in a row. Anyways, maybe there's an maybe it's a different place than that um, to go. But um, the the other thing is when Don Sims talking about um, Norm Shannis, for example, obtained points for a Hall of Fame induction. Uh, based on, uh, Alan can attest with this as well. Uh, the point system is based off of whatever the points we got before the Western Canadians. But if somebody like a Fraser Hamley and those other ones were bold beforehand, you can still build the resume and you can send it in. So somebody like like a Norm Shannis has a hell of a resume, you can still send it in and it still can be approved and get, get in there. We just don't have the stats from it. Unless unless somebody like Don Sim wants to send him forward, we would be kindly able to take those off your hands. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess you know part of the end of wrap this conversation is we need to know what that criteria is, and if that means it's individual provinces to get that hand that that criteria, uh, and it flows through that way. You know, reach out to your provincial associations if you want to reach out to Five Pin Universe. We'll figure it out and send try to get that info, but. Um, I know even, you know, cash side circuits. How do you you develop a Hall of Fame for cash tournaments? Um, you know, has that ever been considered? Uh, you know, the the Hall of Fame for KG Invitational tournaments, forty years in a row. Who who is the first that won the Hall of Fame? Anyways, there's it opens up many different avenues of, of Hall of Fame, right? Stop giving away our secrets, Daryl. That's already in the works. You know, it's, it's neat to recognize that different people have contributed at different points in time. So that's why I ask about the POA and I ask about the youth and now obviously the C5. Maybe we don't always have to do it the same way that everybody else does it. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so we're closing in on that too grand old two-hour mark um alan is there any final words you want to you want to give us before we kind of wrap this thing up um i i kind of just want to say obviously this whole podcast has spoken um more than just words of what you've done for the sport especially in the pei and across canada you've you've had a lot of uh i can't even think of the word for it um in just a little amount of time you've been involved 
Um, you're definitely an amazing person that's helped out um, everybody. And Tim's spoken nothing but kind words about you um, over the years. So um, we appreciate everything you do. Yeah. Oh, um, don't have a lot to say. I mean, I appreciate the kind words. Um, I've gotten known Tim a bit over the over the few years involved in the C five. Um, you know, as as much as it would be nice to take credit for everything that's been done here, as as I've said earlier, it's you know we're a small group. It's it's a, a family. You know, and I think without the people around me, I mean, none of this would have been possible. Um, you know, a lot of support from from the bowling community here. And yeah, without that support, you know, we'd be sitting where we were seven years ago. Perfect. Every great, great leader has a crew behind them, right? So give yourself some credit because I know, I know it sounds like that's tough for you, but <laughs> to <laughs> take some credit because uh, you obviously did a great job rejuvenating it. And yes, you had a great team, but it was definitely a big part of yourself too. So allow yourself some credit. Thanks, Dexter. Yeah, super glad you came on. Thanks, Alan. I think there's lots of conversations that I learned from this and I look forward to chatting further and learning more about some of the work that you've done in the past and, and going forward. So good on you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Alan. Obviously it took me 80 podcasts to get you on. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad you finally came on. <laughs> glad you finally don't have dial up and I'm glad you didn't bring your Russian friend with you. So uh, <laughs> and you have your wallet. So I mean that's always a bonus too. So everybody in uh, PEI yeah. for sure. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, Alan. Thanks, buddy. Awesome guest. No, he's he's awesome dude. And done a lot of work with uh, the associations and the volunteering and the fundraising and the Hall of Fames and stuff. I mean, um, you know, very, very good guest and learned a lot for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's got yeah. lots of insight that um, lots of insight, and a lot of ideas that, again, a lot of provinces should should absolutely look at. You know, that that's a great way of building a game that's outside of our usual realm of doing things. It's uh, sure interesting the conversation when we start talking about halls of fame right um you know i've probably been this debate for many years you know and some of the comments i see kevin jepson about saying that's why it's a c5 pba hall of fame and not the canadian five pin bowling it's an association the c5 is this the association where the open and again that's where i want to see the criteria and what is the criteria for each province is it just the open events that you've qualified for that you're in um because then yeah it's the bowlers association you know, yeah. is it the WCBT we talk about, the, the Hall of Fame, the Ontario Hall of Fame, the, the those types of things. But it's 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 an interesting issue to I, talk and trying to recognize bowlers as a whole, yeah. but different associations. To, yeah. to be honest with you, I'm, I'm just going to go, I've been always been pretty, like, straightforward about most things. It kind of annoys me to hear opinions like that uh, on, on it's a C5 one. I've repeatedly said myself on, on this podcast um, that if you put your resume in it, on the resume, it says masters, it says cash tournaments, it Perfect. says everything else on there. It says Western Canadian. So if you listen to what I say, it says right on there, it says you can include it. Jennifer Smith or Marshall did not have enough points to get inducted right away. 
but we built up her masters in order for her to get in there because she deserves to be in the hall of fame so somebody like norm shannis or anybody else like that your province or somebody else's province that maybe doesn't have a bowler that's maybe not worthy enough needs to put those people in right and and i wholeheartedly say that well said so So anybody can get in so build your build your credentials we'll submit your thing and and it takes a look well done I think that's uh, something like Tim, like you, you, you continuously say that, but um, you're just one, one person from the A5 in Alberta, right? Where are these other provinces? Have they made this information available to their (laughs) their membership to (laughs) let them know that that is the situation? It's not just cut and dry one, one single thing, right? No, that, that, uh, and so therefore I don't, I dig. I guess I don't uh, disagree I get, with the people commenting that, right? Because... But I just said it, right? <laughs> I, I, I said it not even like five minutes before that, right? So, um, but I'm not here. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. The associations need to be more uh, honest. But if you have anybody has questions about the Hall of Fame, I am more than happy to to share those information because I, again, we are not here to hide anything. It, the Hall of Fame is a much better uh situation than it is and i'm glad that it's opened up to how how people can do it properly yeah well good conversation on that that's uh well done who's who's coming up in the next show tim uh next one is uh ron sanders from trail bc super excited about ron um big daddy yeah 47 years uh proprietor and found out he was part of the small ball championship in the philippines so i'll be a good conversation and then the following uh year uh sorry following year the following week after that is don betts um from the ontario five uh and or ontario and now he's living in uh, nova scotia i believe so excited to have don betts on there good stuff yeah uh which draw we gonna do first x uh, this one is going to be the all-star one. So this is for everybody who's commented. I've decided that, uh, we are going to randomize this four times for the number of times Jeff Canham asked about hats and the number of time, number of times Tom Patterson asked about the four roadblocks. So four seems to be the magic number for today. So I like it. All right. So everybody's name is in here. Let's, uh, let's see how this goes. One. Hendrickson. Two. Three. <laughs> Jason again. And Jennifer Haas. Nice. There That's we are. Yeah. Um, Perfect. Jeff Cannon, I will wear a hat when you buy one for me. <laughs> you All might right. want to buy some for yourself. You can hide that lid of yours and buy one for me, and I'll wear a hat next week, bud. <laughs> okay, now we will go back and we will do the five pin U one. So, this is for we had how many people? Nine people. Nine people with the name in there. Okay. I'm surprised uh, that there's only nine people that have actually hosted a tournament across the country, though. Well, it pays to be watching. I'm sure there's way more, but it pays to be watching. How many yes. times should we randomize this one, guys? Let's do four again. Four again. All right, here we go. One, one. two, 
three. Not Jeff. And Tyson Nelson. There you go. What tournament was he? I can't even remember. And it won't show comments that high up, but uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it might. I can't remember. So, Jen and Tyson. Oh, a YBC match play tournament back in the day. Right. Which is, sounds actually like a really good idea. There we are. Uh, okay, so we're ignoring the <laughs> bowling championships. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sh- I I apologize, Len. I don't know how I happen to miss your name on that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, Len. Oh, get get out of here. <laughs> uh, what oh, a guy. We might, ha- we might have to send Lenny something. No, that guy, that guy needs a hat. That's, like, that's not a want. That is an absolute need. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure out something for Len. Maybe we'll do something for him later. <laughs> uh, thanks everybody for competing um, putting your, your stuff in the chat there um, once again we thank All Star Bowling Sales for being our weekly sponsor and donating something every week here for the last five weeks and we'll hopefully continue this this going on and uh, what else do you guys have anything else to share before we end this podcast well, we're still, we started off on the rails I think we pulled her back together there team <laughs> we could thank Alan for that, really. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that wasn't our own doing. I, I did see in his, in his bio he talked about being in charge of the governance at C5, and that would have been a really good conversation for me, but I don't think it would have been for, fun for a lot of people. I love the idea of governance, and it's rather boring topic, so I think we saved everybody. <laughs> uh, sorry, right. J- uh, Jeff, I'm sorry. I don't know which one I missed you in, but I apologize. I don't know. I. It's hard yeah. to keep track. It's a rough day on the podcast. <laughs> oh, Try again next week. Again. Ding. Here you go, guys. Yeah. All right. See you guys next Thanks, week. Thanks, everybody. Sure.